0: welcome to 30 minutes from 91.3 kxci tucson i'm amanda shager my guest today is from the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons or ican it's a coalition of non-governmental organizations promoting adherence to and implementation of the united nations nuclear weapon ban treaty alicia Sanders zachary is the policy and research coordinator at the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. She directs and coordinates research on the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons and the Humanitarian Impact of Nuclear Weapons and General Nuclear Weapons Policy. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. You have a lot of good news to share, and it feels to me like this is news that's It's not on everyone's radar, but nuclear weapons are about to be officially illegal. Explain what that means.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is really an enormous uh, step towards the total elimination of nuclear weapons. Uh, The Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, which was adopted at the United Nations in 2017 uh, by 122 nations, on the 22nd of January, it will take full legal effect. It will enter into force, uh, which means that for the first time under international law, nuclear weapons will be banned. This puts nuclear weapons alongside other weapons of mass destruction. Uh, It recognizes the horrific catastrophic consequences of nuclear weapons. Uh, and really gives power to the majority of the world's nations that have uh, forsworn nuclear weapons for decades and have been pushing for their elimination. Talk about
0: the journey of this policy that's about to become international law.
1: Sure. Um, so the, really this treaty, it's built on decades of uh, anti-nuclear weapons activism. Uh, Most importantly, the incredible activism of the survivors of nuclear weapons use and testing, um, particularly the hibakusha, the survivors of um, nuclear weapons use in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, who uh, from the very first use of nuclear weapons in 1945 have been advocating for their complete elimination, have been reliving their trauma, telling us about the horrors of nuclear weapons, and the dangers of these weapons and pushing uh, the world community to do something about it, to get rid of these weapons. Uh, And because of the the courage of these survivors, because of uh, their incredibly uh, impactful stories, uh, a, a majority of the world's nations got together in 2016 and 2017 and decided to negotiate a treaty to ban nuclear weapons, to outlaw all nuclear weapons activities, uh, use, testing, possession, development, uh, this and more, it's all banned under the treaty. And in addition, the treaty also has these really incredible, also historic provisions uh, where states parties have to provide assistance to victims of nuclear weapons use and testing and work to start to remediate some of the land that's been contaminated by nuclear weapons use and testing. Um, So I think, you know, there are so many people that played such an important role in getting to this moment. I think most important is to recognize the survivors, but of course the diplomats who worked on the treaty, the scientists, uh, you know, from 1945, there were scientists warning about the dangers of these weapons, Uh, doctors who've warned us that there's no medical response to these uh, these weapons and and really activists around the world, uh, it's really just been an incredible joint effort to get to where we are today.
0: Well, it seems like in addition to this incredible success, that there's going to be a lot of state, various country resistance to this. What do you see in that regard?
1: Yeah, I mean it's true. We we've seen um, you know since this this effort to really negotiate this treaty picked up momentum. Uh, the nuclear armed states have boycotted the treaty. They've put out a number of uh, misleading and, and false claims about what the treaty does and doesn't do. Uh, you know, On the one hand, they would say that it won't have any impact. On the other hand, they would say that it's dangerous and divisive. Um, but at the end of the day, these are the arguments of a couple dozen countries, nine nuclear armed states and some of their allies. Uh, against the majority of the world's uh, who don't think that nuclear weapons provide any type of security and really see the prohibition treaty uh, as the step forward towards a more, secu- more secure, more humane world uh, for everyone. So you know we do continue to see this resistance, but I think it's also really important to recognize that actually the majority of the world is on board uh, and has made this treaty a reality. What did it
0: mean for the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons when you received the 2017 Nobel Peace Prize?
1: I mean, it was such an incredible uh, achievement for the campaign. And I think really uh, incredible to see the prize being awarded uh, in a way that it could really have influence and really help uh, the campaign to continue to advocate for the treaty. Um, you know, as you've mentioned, there's been some resistance to the treaty by, uh, you know, some of these, uh, quote, very military powerful countries. So having a Nobel Peace Prize behind the efforts, I think, helps uh, to garner more, um, more support, more kind of legitimacy for this effort, a recognition of, of the power of the treaty and, and the importance um, of the work to achieve it and to continue uh, to implement it and take it forward as it uh, enters into force and takes full effect uh, this month. Are there
0: specific countries who are providing leadership on this treaty?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what's been, you know, again, what's been really remarkable about this treaty is the participation of Uh, so many countries from around the world that too often you know they don't have a veto power in the Security Council or they might not you know they don't have a permanent seat in the Security Council too often a lot of these countries are sidelined from these kind of security peace and security discussions at an international level uh, that truly concern all nations Uh, and this was a really important point of the treaty is that uh, if a nuclear weapon explodes, it's going to impact um, all nations. It doesn't, radiation knows no national borders. So, you know, saying that, well, nuclear weapons talk should really be left up to the the countries on the Security Council or, you know, whatever countries you think are, are quote unquote responsible, you know, nations. Uh, in the end, it's, it's something that's up to, to all countries uh, to be able to um, have a say on and, and take action on. Um, and so it, it was really encouraging to see, you know, the leadership of so many countries, to see, uh, you know, Elaine White-Gomez from Costa Rica was the president of the, the conferences and really led uh, led the negotiations. So there was testimony from Pacific Island nations who speak about, who can speak from their own expertise about the impact of nuclear weapons and nuclear weapons testing uh, on their own land. So I think, you know, it was a really powerful testament to uh, the fact that peace and security really impact all nations. You're
0: listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. My guest today is Alicia Sanders-Zachary, Policy and Research Coordinator at the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. Alicia, I first heard about you from local activists, uh, Felice and Jack Cohen-Japa. They're within an organization called Nuclear Resisters. They're based locally. They have reaches all over the world and are involved in local actions and uh, support internationally. You know, what would that connection be to Arizona and the nuclear world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the American Southwest has has many ties to nuclear weapons, given that um, there were thousands of nuclear weapons tests uh, in Nevada and the radiation uh, has left a a, a lethal legacy uh, for many residents uh, as it was carried downwind from the testing sites. So, you know, sadly, it's something I'm, I'm sure many Arizonans are, are all too familiar with, with this legacy uh, and know firsthand the catastrophic humanitarian impacts of nuclear weapons. Um, and this is, you know, of course, something that the treaty uh, works to address by requiring assistance uh, that states parties, states that have joined the treaty provide assistance to victims of nuclear weapons use and testing. Um, It's one way. Another is that um, we've done research at ICANN showing that nearly 50 U.S. universities are actively engaged in partnerships with the the laboratories uh, in the United States that research and design U.S. nuclear warheads. Uh, And one of those universities is the University of Arizona. So I think it, you know, sometimes nuclear weapons seem like this really abstract concept, but there really are these very concrete links, uh, very close to home for for many Americans and and for people all over the world. And so, you know, specifically what we found in in our reports, which is available online, it's called Schools of Mass Destruction, on the ICANN website, um, is that uh, nearly 50 U.S. universities have these different links to the laboratories that work on U.S. nuclear warheads. Uh, some universities like the University of California uh, actually directly manages some of these laboratories like Los Alamos National Lab. Other universities have different types of uh, institutional partnerships with the laboratories or they work on joint research that can have uh, applications for nuclear weapons. There are professors that might work at the laboratories, do you know visiting stints at laboratories. Uh, or there are direct training programs uh, where the universities partner with labs so that students can directly start working at nuclear weapons laboratories after graduation. Uh, So there's really a lot of ways in which even an institution that that seems to be neutral and, you know, uh, speaks to, uh, you know, has these kind of high ideals of uh, just objective, uh, knowledge seeking uh, may actually be really contributing to uh, weapons of mass destruction, uh, to death and destruction. And this is really something that I think uh, not a lot of students are aware of. Um, not a lot of students are aware that a lot of these universities, not just the University of Arizona, but also you know MIT, the University of California, Texas A&M, a lot of kind of big name universities. Uh, have these links to nuclear weapons. Uh, and I think it's something that, you know, is worth really spreading knowledge so that students can can speak up and, and tell their universities if they want uh, this this role and relationship to continue.
0: You know, there's always an emphasis on STEM education and in an uncertain economic environment, I think that students who pursue engineering you know, find this or other sciences find this as a viable alternative for their for their career?
1: I think it's just the issue is, is that nuclear weapons are not just another form of science or technology or engineering. I mean, would you want to have a university that works on chemical weapons? Would you want to attend a university and help produce biological weapons? These are weapons that have been banned under international law and now nuclear weapons Are joining them with the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons. So it's really, you know, there are ways, of course, to to enter uh, the workforce and to be contributing uh, in a positive way to uh, developing, you know, technology and and other forms uh, of science and engineering without, uh, you know, directly helping to design and engineer weapons of mass destruction.
0: You're listening to 30 Minutes from 91.3 KXCI Tucson. My guest today is Alicia sanders akri Policy and Research Coordinator at the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. Alicia, I'd like to hear more about the treaty and more about the upcoming uh, celebration.
1: Sure. Um, So the 22nd is going to be a really huge day for the campaign. Um, ICANN, it's a global campaign uh, in more than 100 countries uh, with hundreds of of partner organizations around the world. And this is really, you know, the day to celebrate this momentous achievement that is uh, banning nuclear weapons, the prohibition of nuclear weapons under international law. And we expect to see lots of different actions really around the world. Uh, we already have a, a map on our website where you can check out uh, where there are planned actions around the world. Um, people really celebrating the achievements, uh, putting pressure on institutions, companies that are violating what's now going to be prohibited activities under international law, whether that's companies that are actually producing parts of nuclear weapons or banks that are investing in the companies that are producing these weapons uh, or universities that are working with governments to produce weapons Um, there are kind of all these different actually different actors in the general nuclear weapons production machine uh, if you have it and there's a way for kind of everyone to to find out what is it that's near them that's actually contributing uh, to the production and continued existence of nuclear weapons and to protest that and to make it known uh, that these these activities are, are now, you know, outlawed under international law. So we're expecting to see, you know, banners out by a lot of these institutions, a lot of just kind of educational events, letting people know what What's this treaty about? What does it mean? Uh, What does it mean for my country? Uh, And at ICANN, we're gonna be doing uh, this big 90 day, 90 day, 90 minute live show, uh, where we'll be talking about what the treaty is, what's the state of nuclear weapons and featuring uh, statements from kind of leaders, from activists uh, around the world. Uh, So it's gonna be a really, really exciting day. You can check out kind of all those activities on our website, uh, icanw.org. And there's a map of all these events. So, you know, we're really excited about it.
0: And then after January 22nd, uh, do you see legal actions turning up on all of these different players?
1: Yeah, I mean, after the treaty enters into force, uh, that's, I think, also a really, uh, really exciting part uh, of the campaign and of the movement in that when it enters into force, that means that all of the countries that have ratified the treaty, uh, that have agreed to be bound by the treaty uh, now have to implement their obligations. They have to abide by all of the prohibitions on all types of nuclear weapons activities, uh, as well as implement, As I mentioned, some of these obligations whether it's these little technical requirements uh, like having uh, certain types of verification agreements with an international uh, inspection agency, nuclear expe- inspection agency, uh, or providing this assistance to victims of nuclear weapons use and testing. Uh, another obligation, all the countries that join this treaty, they actually have to urge other countries that have not joined the treaty to get on board. So we can expect to see countries that are in alliances you know, with the United States, that have regular meetings with the United States to bring this up in a meeting, uh, to bring this up in a big international meeting at the United Nations, uh, calling out other states, why haven't you joined this treaty? Um, you know, join us in, in banning and stigmatizing nuclear weapons. So the treaty entering into force, of course, it's a huge, exciting day on the 22nd, But I think what's even more significant really is the, you know, the years to come when the treaty is implemented, when uh, all the countries that join the treaty think about how do we actually go about uh, taking forward all the prohibitions and all the provisions in the treaty. Um, And so there'll be regular meetings, all the the countries that are party to the treaty will meet uh, about once every year, once every two years and talk about that, talk about progress on getting more countries to join the treaty and you know, eventually getting countries that have nuclear weapons to join the treaty and work through the treaty uh, to verifiably eliminate their weapons.
0: Alicia Sanders-Zachary, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons is a coalition of non-governmental organizations or NGOs. Can you talk more about the
1: coalition? yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an incredibly broad and inclusive campaign uh, of more than five hundred organizations, really around the world. Uh, and it's really such, you know, such an honor to be able to work with so many different organizations. Uh, here from uh, I'm with kind of the international staff team based in Geneva, uh, and in my role, doing kind of research and policy coordination. It's, you know, a lot of kind of producing resources that can be valuable, keeping track of research that's being done by all these different organizations, uh, putting out research that can be useful. Uh, but ultimately, I think what's really amazing is just the organic uh, activism and, and movement building amongst these all of these NGOs around the world. Uh, you know, we have some joint initiatives uh, like, the City's Appeal, where we have cities around the world adopting resolutions calling on their government to join the Treaty on the Prohibition of, the, of Nuclear Weapons. Uh, you know, dozens and dozens of cities around the world have adopted these types of resolutions. Um, and you know, members of, of Congress, members of Parliament around the world as well have signed this pledge uh, to call on their country to join the treaty. So there are some of these kind of joint initiatives that NGOs all work on to advance the treaty. But I think it's really you know, remarkable that there are so many different ways uh, to advance this goal, to take forward the treaty, to work towards the elimination of nuclear weapons in all of these different countries. Uh, and we see kind of this creativity and, uh, you know, the ingenuity of all these different NGOs uh, taking forward. Uh, this goal. And there's, you know, there are some people who are, per, who are full-time activists who kind of lead these NGOs, they're volunteers, uh, people from all different types of professions. Some people uh, like me have really studied nuclear weapons uh, from the beginning. Others, uh, you know, p- pursued another profession were full-time doctors or full-time, you know, lawyers, full-time teachers, what have you, and just really felt, compelled by the urgency of the nuclear weapons threat and wanted to join the movement and do, do something, do whatever they could in their free time. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it, it's really an incredible movement. I, I uh, you know, I just joined ICANN 2019. I was a, a volunteer and, and a, an activist beforehand kind of with the campaign. Um, and it's just been really a pleasure to try to get to know all these different uh, people, all the different organizations that make up the movement.
0: How did COVID 19 affect your organizing over this past year?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, like all, all uh, activist organizations, like all organizations, it's been uh, difficult to adjust to these new circumstances. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the, the kind of key work to try to get countries to join this treaty happened in the middle of a global pandemic. And we were, I think it's a real testament. Uh, to the, um, the importance that a lot of countries uh, put on this treaty and, and joining this treaty and working towards nuclear weapons elimination that they chose to do so uh, to go through these often kind of lengthy and complicated processes to, to ratify a treaty uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, a lot of times to sign a treaty, it's just kind of the head of state can just sign it, and it's a fairly simple process. But often ratifying the treaty, agreeing to be fully bound by the treaty, uh, is quite a difficult and long process uh, that requires. Sometimes uh, countries have to, their legislature has to pass a resolution to do this. Uh, Sometimes uh, the government even has to kind of enact new legislation that's in line with the international treaty, domestic legislation. Uh, so it can take a long time. And and clearly, you know, there were a lot of other uh, other important pro- priorities and processes for governments to be dealing with uh, during the pandemic. So I think it's really remarkable that we still were able to reach uh, 50 countries uh, in October that had ratified this treaty that had finished these processes. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, just like everybody else, we had to uh, Figure out how to use Zoom to our advantage. Uh, move a lot of our our meetings online, and and kind of make the best of it. But um, I think it's uh, you know the the threat of nuclear war certainly doesn't go away uh, with the pandemic. So we just keep moving forward.
0: Can you talk about racial implications in abolishing
1: nuclear weapons? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think there's you know, there's a few different facets to this. Uh, one is that we've seen kind of on a global scale, uh, time and time again, that uh, the global South has been uh, kind of disproportionately impacted by nuclear weapons use and testing. We see the impact of uh, colonization uh, with nuclear weapons testing, where, in uh, many nuclear armed countries, uh, instead of testing these weapons of mass destruction on their own country, they chose to test actually in in colonized land. Uh, The UK tested in Australia, France tested in the Sahara. Um, It was often exporting, uh, you know, this, the harmful impacts of nuclear weapons to, um, to, you know, lands, predominantly with people of color. Uh, we've seen the, the uh, disproportionate impact of nuclear weapons testing as well on indigenous communities in the United States. Uh, and the impact of uranium mining as well is an ongoing issue uh, in many native lands in the United States. Um, so we've seen you know, this, this ongoing harm of nuclear weapons uh, and not just nuclear weapons use, but also nuclear weapons testing and nuclear weapons developments, where there's also ongoing contamination just from some of the nuclear weapons laboratories uh, that threaten uh, indigenous communities in in New Mexico, for example, around Los Alamos uh, National Laboratory. So, you know, there is this kind of ongoing harm. But I think on the flip side, we've also seen incredible leadership um, from people of color from uh, indigenous communities uh, against nuclear weapons and you know partic- particularly you look at the uh, per- pacific nuclear weapons free movement uh, where there was this incredible resistance to nuclear weapons testing uh, on their land uh, and and the leadership again to achieve this treaty uh, of you know of uh, countries from the global south and and from uh, indigenous communities. So I think, you know, the issues are, are certainly linked. It's a, it's a question of uh, justice uh, and, um, and um, you know, reprioritization of uh, security. So, yeah, I guess to put this in place, certainly there, there are, I think, these really important links, and it's just another reason why nuclear weapons uh, really need to be eliminated. Do you have some final remarks for us today
0: about the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons?
1: I would just say you know it's it's been a really terrible 12 months for a lot of us uh, with the pandemic with uh, you know perhaps loved ones in danger. Um, but I think this is one cause for celebration. And on the 22nd, uh, we can celebrate this one uh, piece of good news for 2021 that nuclear weapons will become illegal under international law. Uh, and it's a really momentous day for international peace and security and the elimination of nuclear weapons. Uh, and if you want to join us and celebrate, there's lots of events, protests uh, that you can get involved with. Just uh, check out our website, can. Uh, w.org check out social media we're at nuclear ban on twitter and instagram um so please uh you know join us in in celebrating this this good news story for 2021
0: thank you for listening to 30 minutes from 91.3 kxci tucson our guest today was alicia sander zachary the policy and research coordinator at the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons. She directs and coordinates research on the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, which will become international law on January 22, 2021. More information about her work is available at ICANW.org. And more information locally is available at nuclearresistor.org. You can find this and all recent episodes of 30 Minutes on the 30 Minutes program page, where you can also find our social media and subscribe to the podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm Amanda Schager.